0: Welcome to Massive Late Fee, and now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello everybody, welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark, with me as always is my fiance Carol. How are you doing today, Carol?
1: Hey, what's up? How
0: much has been a good week here. It is October 10th, nineteen. 19- Ninety It is? We're getting there. We're getting to
1: 1999. Going to party like it's 1999? And you know who
0: else is getting there? Hmm. The Republicans impeaching President Clinton are getting there.
1: That pisses me off.
0: Yeah, they're, they're holding, we're not talking about politics, everyone, sorry, but they're holding uh, impeachment inquiries. So, we'll see what happens. I
1: just think it's dumb. Sorry.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, you know. It is something.
1: I mean, so many people have he's, extramarital affairs. He's and, the first
0: guy to ever lie about
1: it. And they don't, you know, fucking go to uh, impeachment trials over he, it.
0: He's the first president to ever lie about sleeping with right? someone else. Um. Anyway, the Europeans think we're morons.
1: I'm sure. I am sure they do. Because
0: their people have affairs all the time.
1: Um, so do ours. Yeah.
0: <laughs> anyway. Um, I also wanted to point out real quick. We saw the movie Rush Hour. We did a we did a tape on Rush Hour. Um, uh-huh. Jackie Chan. Yeah, I remember. Chris Tucker. What about it? I saw rev- some reviews, you know, how, like in the newspaper they'll have uh Rush Hour, you know, like and they've got all the two thumbs up and what what people say about it? Uh-huh. I saw one of the reviewers said a nice surprise. And then underneath it said like a fortune cookie with good news,
1: <laughs> interesting. <laughs> Which I
0: thought was really stupid. And like, is it a surprise if a fortune cookie has good news? Like, no. do a lot of people uh, like they're looking around? Oh, it says you'll find love soon. Uh, you know? Oh, it says uh, riches are in your your future. And the guy just opens this thing. He's like, "What? Mine says you
1: die tonight." <laughs>
0: like, yeah, I don't, I don't think that's common.
1: No, exactly.
0: So I just thought that was silly.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, Rush Hour was also silly. (laughs) You
0: liked it, I thought. It was fine. Speaking of silliness, Cuba Gooding Jr. has heard enough of that line. (laughs) Thank you.
1: Which line? What line do you think? I don't know. It's
0: Cuba Gooding Jr. What line do you think? Oh, show me the money? There you go. He said it first, and then everybody was saying it. And frankly, Cuba Gooding Jr. has had just about enough of it. Yeah, I'm a little tired of hearing, show me the money, Gooding says. It's amazing how many different ways people can yell at me, (laughs) hey Cuba, show me the money. It happens everywhere I go still. But Gooding has been hard at work in hopes of making movie fans realize there's more to him than his Oscar-winning performance as the flamboyant professional football player Rod Tidwell In Jerry Maguire. Such a good movie. that catchphrase. And one way he's done it is by going to hell. (laughs) He's currently on view as Robin Williams' guide through heaven and hell in what dreams may come.
1: That uh, sounds like a good movie. Which is
0: opening. Yeah, we'll probably go see it.
1: I want to. I I, like Robin Williams. I was
0: going to say, I know you like the Williams. Uh, But yeah, what what do you think? Like, is it... So, it has to be a double-edged sword having a iconic line like that um you know that helps shoot you to stardom. I'm sure that Robert De Niro heard a lot of people saying like uh, hey uh you looking at me? You looking <laughs> at me?
1: Well, here's the thing though, like there are worse things to be remembered for than a fucking Oscar winning performance, yeah, you know? I'm saying like that's what I'm saying. I'd just suck it up, man. Yeah, he sucks. <laughs> I'm not going that far. He's a crybaby. <laughs> <laughs> Just do your fucking
0: job, Cuban. Stop complaining.
1: Crybaby who gets to work with Robin Williams.
0: And now we'll, we'll scream, show show me the money at you whenever <laughs> we see you.
1: Show me the money! I never thought that was, you know... Particularly funny? No. Well, the scene itself is funny. Like The end, especially with Jerry Maguire, when he's like... Uh, what was it about, like, I love black people or something? You know, like, all the stuff he makes him yell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he's like, ah, congratulations, I'm so your agent. Like, all that was funny. But the actual show me the money line, I didn't think that was particularly funny.
0: Nah, you know. You know what is funny, though, Carol?
1: Mm.
0: Uh, this ar- this article's title. <laughs> joined at the hip bone.
1: Okay. And they
0: mean hip is in, you know... Uh, like cutting edge, yeah. New software lets people miles apart navigate the web together. One of the best-kept secrets in the the internet resides in a greenhouse tucked away in the Los Altos, California hills. There, a small startup has developed free software that lets surfers co-navigate the web together to shop, date, and house hunt. For example, HipBone, software's co-navigator allows up to 10 people throughout the world to simultaneously move from site to site. Huh? That's interesting. So you, you like somebody's, I assume someone's in control of it. It have to be. And then like one of the 10 and then everyone's like, just passively sits and watches.
1: Or maybe they can each do things. For example, a Michigan
0: resident recently found an apartment in San Francisco by cruising rental sites with a friend in, San, in the San Francisco area. A bi coastal couple could plan a vacation together by surfing uh, airline and hotel websites. Quote, it is the next step in visual interaction, says Dan Rolla, co founder and vice president of business development at Hipbone.
1: Um, I'm assuming you have to pay for this fucking software? I, yeah, um, I would guess. Because it sounds kind of stupid like couldn't you do the same thing over the phone just say hey i'm looking at this now hey check this out like you have to physically look at the exact same time at the exact same thing on the screen that's stupid
0: yeah i don't this doesn't seem good no at all to me
1: (laughs) it seems ridiculous huh
0: yeah i don't uh I don't think I'm not going to invest in this company. I don't think this is going
1: anywhere. No, hip bone, everyone. I thought thought you were going to read me a story about like Siamese twins or something.
0: Oh my god, (laughs) conjoined twins. Whatever. Siamese twins is a racially offensive term.
1: I apologize, Siamese people. (laughs) Ties. Um, What about
0: Zork? Remember Zork? No. Zork recalls wonder of early computers. I wonder sometimes what it was like to grow up in a time without television or without radio. What a showstopper those first programs must have been. Who could have cared what was on? It was the box itself that caused the stir. I felt the same way when we first bought a PC into my house in 1980. I had used a mainframe system at school for a year before we bought the first one brought the first one home. But the excitement was still tangible when we turned the machine on. Yeah. I remember that feeling recently when I started to play Zork Grand Inquisitor. It's an adventure game software based on a series of titles first created at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology in the late 70s by students who wanted to play games over their school's computer network. Zork! It was an a adventure game for dorks. That's so why I thought you might know about it. Um,
1: <laughs> Thanks. You're welcome. Yeah, I haven't heard of that one, though.
0: But yeah, so games have come a long way on yeah. the, on the com- computer.
1: I remember Oregon Trail.
0: Yeah, you remember Doom?
1: Yeah, of course. All right. And so Mist. Yeah. Mist is what I like to play sometimes.
0: Yeah, it's a new one. Um... Anyway, so speaking of new ones, we watched a new movie. Yeah, we did. A new movie from the mind of Westpher Anderson.
1: I don't think that I like him.
0: And Owen Wilson.
1: I don't know if I like him either.
0: You don't know, even know Owen
1: Wilson. <laughs> did, I didn't like this movie. You okay. didn't
0: watch Bottle Rocket. Nope. Which was the first movie they made together. Apparently. Apparently they became friends at the University of Texas. And...
1: And that created this nightmare? They... What the fuck? <laughs> Can you hold on?
0: <laughs> they co-wrote this movie and Wes Anderson, Wesleyan Anderson, directed it. Rushmore.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Like when you first suggested Turn that your video we, games off. <laughs> when you first suggested that we see this movie, I thought perhaps it was about mountain climbing. Like, because I you, mean, there you... haven't really even been a lot of ads about this piece of shit. So I mean... okay, so what, first you thought that this
0: movie was going to be like a documentary about the creation of Mount Rushmore, and it wasn't. And, and your you are disappointed. Oh, I'm not
1: disappointed. I was dreading it from the beginning. I, I walked into the theater with very low expectations. Come on, <laughs> but that's
0: how you walked into this relationship. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, but yeah, I mean, it's just it. Oh, I didn't like it.
0: Why? I thought it was great.
1: Okay, tell me why you thought this movie was great.
0: Because of things. Uh huh. The it was. I thought it was very visually interesting. I'll give you that. There, there were there was a lot of so. There's a few montage type scenes. First of all, it's staged. Well, it's framed like a play. The the protagonist of our piece is a a young man who is a playwright. Mm-hmm. He wrote a play when he was two years old. No, when he was in
1: second grade. Second grade, sorry.
0: He wrote a play when he was in second grade that so impressed his mom and the dean at this very prestigious school called Rushmore that they gave him a scholarship to attend.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: However, uh, instead of focusing on his studies at all, uh, he's the kind of guy that wants to that wants to do every single extracurricular activity you can. He's, it's insane. He's head of the drama department. He's president of the Beekeeper Society. He's And they, they show all these things. And it's, I don't know, it's like, it's quick flashes. And it, it gives you a good idea of, of this.
1: I guess, but I, I have something to say about this. They act like it's his fault that he hasn't accomplished anything academically because he's so busy doing all this other shit. Mm-hmm. Why are they letting him?
0: Well, I, I don't know.
1: I mean, I don't feel like that's on him. He's a kid. They should be like, nah. You're doing too much. Study. Like, somebody needs to guide him somehow. No one's doing that.
0: He wants uh, his buddy's mom
1: to guide him. (laughs) Yeah. guide his penis. Yeah, he's weird. He's a weird little dude. Well, I mean,
0: I think he's emblematic of a lot of kids his age. A lot of 15-year-old kids, boys, are, you know, interested in girls and, you know, older women and stuff like that. They have crushes on teachers.
1: Yeah, but he's only interested in older women. The inciting, well not not entirely until the end. I mean, that's part of the
0: arc of his character. He's also a horrible liar. Yes. Because he's I think he's embarrassed. He has, he has clearly has an inferiority complex. And I think he's embarrassed by his family and and not being rich and and all that stuff. He befriends Bill Murray.
1: Who is an a grown ass man, and he's fifteen. He's yeah.
0: like a rich industrialist whose twin boys, who are meatheads, go to the school, and Bill Murray and uh, the kid—I can't remember his name huh. for some reason.
1: Yeah, me either. He, uh,
0: they're—they are more alike than Bill Murray is with his with his sons.
1: Well, yeah, because this weird. Kid is more like a middle-aged man than a child,
0: and he asks him, "Like, is his two sons like, are you going to, uh, are you going to invite this kid to uh, to your party?" And Max is that his name?
1: I think I don't know. Yeah, I, I really Max. don't remember.
0: But anyway, he go "They go, uh, fuck no, or whatever." Pull your head out of your ass, <laughs> and then he tries to attack them while he while he's driving. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so they become friends. And the inciting incident of this movie is he reads a book. And in the book, there is a a quote that he's just like, oh, my God, I need to find out who wrote this.
1: Which is stupid, too. Who has this
0: profound thought? And he goes to the library guy, the librarian, and he's like, oh, here you go. Here's who's who checked it out. And it's a teacher. It's a new teacher whose husband died, but her husband went to Rushmore. And so she got a job there. I, I assume to feel close to him.
1: Yeah, maybe. Makes to be sense.
0: a place where he was. Yeah. She's holding a torch for for her late husband.
1: Well, but I imagine most new widows are.
0: But she befriends this dude, this 15-year-old.
1: Yeah. And, like, their relationship's kind of inappropriate. I mean. Yeah, I mean, he, kind of. He obviously has a crush on her, and he's spending way too much time with her and doing things for her. And she allows it. And I think it's ridiculous that she does. And she allows it because, what? She's lonely. She likes the attention. Yes.
0: It's I, not. I think that's right.
1: And that's not okay. She's the adult. I agree. He is surrounded by inept adults who yes. are not doing their job.
0: Yes, that's part of the
1: point of the movie. You're getting this. I, I, okay, that's a little insulting, but, uh. Um, no,
0: I'm saying, like, you think the movie's awful, but you're like, you're pointing out all the themes of the film.
1: I understand the movie. I still don't enjoy the movie. Why? Because it's all so stupid. What does that mean? It's boring. Um, Like it's not there. It's there's too much hyper realism or like not realism. I don't know. It's not realistic. The whole movie.
0: It's definitely stylized. But
1: so, I
0: think we kind of perfectly create this world where some people love this kid and some people hate this kid.
1: Yeah. He's a strong personality.
0: Right. And I don't know. I feel like the, I, everything about it makes sense
1: to me. Okay. I mean, I don't know that it doesn't make sense. It's just... It wasn't entertaining to me. Interesting. And...
0: There weren't explosions every five seconds, it so... It
1: irritated me. Like, things happen... Like, okay, there's a scene... At the party that you were talking about sure where the uh, Bill Murray's character watches his wife feeding another man yeah and later she's upset because he's cheating on her and they get a divorce yeah that's stupid like why why like why would What's he stupid about why it? would he be sitting there just watching this and not have any reaction to it if they're still married yeah
0: that so that did confuse me too. I thought that they were divorced already. Right. And she was, that was her new boyfriend or whatever. And she was just like rubbing it in his face. But that's not what was happening. But no, apparently they were still married. She was just very blatant with her infidelity. But yeah, like you said, it does kind of not make sense that. But I feel like she gets mad or whatever or sues for divorce. I feel like she was waiting for him to do something wrong. So that she could be like, oh, you cheated on me. I'm going to sue you for divorce and get a big
1: settlement. Oh. I guess. I mean, and, he's rich. And it's all because of this child who decides to tell her for revenge because he finds out Bill Murray's dating the teacher he likes. So
0: that part of the movie I didn't love. Yeah. And that, the middle, this movie's broken up into three sections like a play. It's a perfect three-act structure. The first act we meet our protagonist we meet his friend Bill Murray, uh we meet the uh the teacher, and we meet Luke Wilson, Owen Wilson's brother, who he gave a part in this movie for some reason. A guy who comes to uh to a fucking dinner in O R Scrubs. Yeah. Which is dumb.
1: I, I guess, he but does. if he just got off work.
0: Yeah, but like why is he I kind of agree, why is he at dinner? Mm. Anyway. So, um, he, uh, so like that, like we, we meet him and we meet his, situ- like we, we get to know his situation and it's all very light and fluffy and funny. There's a lot of like funny dialogue and everything in it. It's, it's all, it's very quirky. That's I think the best word for it, right? Okay. The ending is like his redemption he invites everybody to his new play and everything, uh, all the people he's wronged, all the people in his life and everything, and he tries to put everything back together how he thinks it should be. And that is also a little lighter, but like soberingly contemplative. Mm-hmm. And I think that's great. The middle dark part of the movie where suddenly Bill Murray and him are rivals could have been good. But it wasn't like you. You could have made that fluffy and quirky and funny in the same way as the first and second part, the first and last part. But it's like a tonal shift, Um, you know, all of a sudden it's very mean spirited. I mean, and it's not like. Like I said, like he tries to kill him with a tree.
1: Well, he doesn't try. He, he tells him and he doesn't actually do it. He prepared to, though. Yeah. Which is like cartoonish. I mean. Yeah. I don't know.
0: And I think that's what the movie needed. The movie needed a, maybe a little more focus. So I think the movie, like its main character, is a little unfocused when it comes to what it wants to do. If it had focused on him, his infatuation with this teacher, Bill Murray also falling in love with the teacher, the two of them going from friends to rivals and then becoming friends again at the end of the movie, I think you could have. I think you could have structured a much tighter narrative that works a lot better.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, sure. I guess it's just like, I had more issues with the play than the structure. It was just, all the different parts just irritated me. So many things irritated me. Okay. He kisses the teacher at the, at one point.
0: Yes, he does.
1: Like, that's like fucking sexual assault. But she stops him. <laughs> no, not her, him.
0: <laughs> but I'm saying she stops him.
1: Uh-huh. But he weaseled his way into her house. Yeah. You know, and, like, Bill Murray also was, like, weaselly. Like, they both were icky with her.
0: Yes, I agree. They are kind of icky with her, yeah.
1: And, like, when he was, like, trying to court her or whatever fucked up thing you want to say about this 15-year-old and this teacher, mm-hmm. like, he's taking care of her, anticipating her needs, like, constantly, like, floating around, right? And when Bill Murray finally gets her back, it's because this child is directing him and telling him how to take care of her and what he should do and all that stuff. yeah. And um, I think that's weird and fucked up. And I, I don't like her with Bill Murray.
0: Well, I don't like her with Bill Murray either. And, and, and the movie is trying to say, like, they belong together, I guess. But, yeah, I don't, I don't 100% get that either. Um, I do think that this movie could have used a little something about Mary to it. <laughs> where not, like, because obviously it's a very, very different kind of movie. Right. But if it if it had just been there's something about this woman that they both become infatuated with as opposed to like you said, trying to weasel their way in, if they had come in a more earnest boyish way, both of them, where it was just like oh, you know, she's so pretty and like you know, like 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 that, you know what I mean? As opposed to like trying to underhandedly manipulate her into liking them. I think that would have worked better, too. Yeah. And, and I, like I said, I think we don't get a ton of their rivalry. It's there. But, you know, we could have used a group of scenes of them trying to, you know, get each other. There's a little bit. There's the bees and there's like the, there's a little bit of that stuff. But
1: what do you mean each other, though? It's only the kid going after the adult.
0: Well, I think Bill Murray should have been going after him a little bit more, too.
1: But he's an adult
0: but i think that's i think that would have made it funny and that and it could have been in a not in not such a mean way in a more playful way i, I guess i will say i think bill murray's performance is fantastic in this movie yeah bill murray is very good at so he he is a leading man too obviously uh, has been for a while uh and he can headline his own comedies and mm-hmm. all that stuff but he's made a very good side career, if you want to call it that, of being a great supporting character in movies. Yeah. He's really good at it. Uh, and I'll I'll point out one just, I think, phenomenal acting moment from him. Sure. That will go to just kind of represent his entire performance of this movie. Like I said, uh, Max lies constantly. Mm-hmm. in this film. And one of the biggest lies he tells is that his dad is a neurosurgeon. Right. When his dad's a barber. And slowly he I think he starts to accept his life, where he comes from, all that stuff. Um but there's a moment where he Bill Murray wants to meet his dad like all the time and he keeps pushing it off because he knows that, you know, oh. he'll find out the truth. So, eventually, he does introduce him to his dad in his dad's barber shop, and he's, you know, dressed as a barber or whatever, and uh, so, Max says, this is my dad, you know, and everything, and Bill Murray doesn't say anything, Mm -hmm. but you can see on his face a momentary wave of confusion, and then understanding, and then he gets a little smile on his face, and says, you know, it's it's great and good to meet you or whatever. But you can see all the thoughts, yeah, and emotions go through his face in that, you know, ten seconds. Um, but yeah, he's fantastic in the movie.
1: Yeah, I agree. He is. He. I. I have no complaints about him. His acting.
0: What did you think about Jason Schwartzman?
1: That's the kid. Yeah, I mean, his acting was fine too.
0: I thought he. Uh, really brought to life this this character.
1: Yeah. I don't know. It was confusing sometimes the way he I, he reminded me of an undertaker. Okay. Like the way that he he performed. He didn't have a lot of emotion most of the time. And he was all in black and he has the yeah. dark hair and the pale skin and I mean like sure. he looks like he belongs in the Adams family. Right. I don't know.
0: I mean, yeah, he's he's definitely playing understated you know uh very matter of fact but i think you know and i think part of the reason he goes after older women and everything his mom died yeah like he obviously has mother issues
1: okay i'll give you that you know
0: so i think that i think that makes sense and her husband died so she has issues too yeah i think that's part of it too and bill murray's just fucked up <laughs> he a fucked up a <laughs>
1: He is. But these characters
0: I think are so richly drawn and you instantly kind of understand them. Um and like I said, the world it creates, I think it I think this movie does a really good job of creating a world that is not our world exactly. Yeah. But is very close.
1: Yeah, it does. It has a differentness to it. It has a sheen of unreality on it, but yes. it's
0: not deep. Uh, but I think it does a great job of doing all that stuff. I think it creates tone very well. I think uh, the, you know, use of uh, color and uh, the, I mean, the shots are
1: gorgeous. Like, yeah, there's that one underwater shot that's really cool. That's what
0: I'm saying. Like, shot composition, uh, all that stuff is, the framing is great. I, I don't think know, it's a it very just- comp- competently made film of- you know, from my opinion. Yes.
1: It's just... I don't know. There's just something about it. It didn't hold my attention. I didn't enjoy watching it. Interesting.
0: Most critics disagree with you and agree with me.
1: I'm sure. I mean, like you said, it's it's a on-paper good movie. I just feel like there's something missing and I can't put my finger on it. Interesting. But it's just probably just a personal preference. You know, thing what, and I that. Is, you know what I think is missing? Huh. is
0: a strong female character. Okay. We don't get a strong female character because she is like... Like I said, we're filling in a lot of a lot of blanks here with her character. All we essentially know is that her husband's dead. At one point, Bill Murray's like, "Ah, she, you know, she's in love with a dead guy or whatever." Yeah. And it's like we never fully get that sense. I mean, I guess we kind of do. There are hints at a richer backstory to her, but most of the scenes she's in, she exists to be an object of desire for one of the two of them. Yeah she is she represents more of an idea than a person uh to them, and I think that might be part of part of the issue for you there's uh, a a woman his own age mm-hmm. a girl his own age uh who has a crush on him who he ends up ending up with at the end of the movie uh which i think is you know another part of his maturation is is understanding that you know like his place in who he should be with and all that stuff. Um, but uh, I think she could have been a really strong female character, but we don't get a lot of her either.
1: You know what else I didn't like about the movie, though? I'm just mm-hmm. thinking about it. He got kicked out of the, the good school, Rushmore. Yeah. Went to uh, public school briefly, mm-hmm. and then just dropped out of school. And that's where we left him as far as his career path, his education, right? Like he's, no, he goes back to the school. To Rushmore?
0: No, he goes back to the public, the public school. school. Is that
1: where he's putting on the play? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I'm glad he went back to school. I missed that. He,
0: he re-enrolls. Well, they don't. That's another thing, too. The the movie plays kind of fast and loose with the goings-on behind the scenes. Yeah. We don't learn a ton about that. His, his headmaster uh, has a stroke. Yeah. And the only thing that brings him out of his coma is this kid.
1: <laughs> and
0: I thought they were going to let him back in.
1: Yeah, I would have liked that better. But they didn't. Especially since it was their fault that he wasn't uh, doing well, in my opinion,
0: anyway. And it was like his... He said, you know, uh, you know, when you love something... Oh, my God, bless you. Sorry. When you love something, you should uh, you know, do it or whatever, and I love going to Rushmore. Yeah,
1: it was like his identity and his life and all he ever wanted to do. And... They took it away.
0: And then his identity was lusting after this woman. And... As Bill Murray said, you know she's my Rushmore or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. that's not how you. That's not the basis of a healthy relationship. Right. But anyway, uh, but I liked it. I mean, it's not a perfect movie. It has some problems, but I really liked the tone that it set. I liked the offbeatness of it. It wasn't like every other movie you see. It wasn't a hun- like super predictable or anything like that. Uh, and I liked it. And sometimes they made plans that went absolutely nowhere. Well, it's kind of like real life, you know? Right. That is. But I would recommend it. Sounds like you would not recommend it.
1: I mean, I didn't like it. It sounds like lots of people do, so, you know, go for it. I'm not going to say don't If it. you
0: generally like, uh,
1: well, you can take a strong stand on this. I could, but I'm not going to. Well, take a strong stand. I don't feel strongly, and that's part of the problem with the movie. No, okay. Didn't elicit any strong feelings from wow. me. Wow.
0: Well, I liked it. I thought it was a pleasant time.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm glad for you.
0: Anyway, that is the episode for the week. Guys, Carol, tell them what to do.
1: So you can write us at latefee1994 at Mm awl.com. Check out our website at Mm www.retrolatefee.com and share the tapes with your friends.
0: All right. We'll see you next time. Bye.
1: Bye.